Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Basketballers Podcast. As always, Kyle and Chris. Joining us today is our special guest star, Jack McCauley, who is the point guard of the UPI Panthers. In this special episode, we will be having our own first ever Q&A, so stay tuned for great questions and great conversation. We actually asked you guys, the fans, to ask in some questions, and we got some good ones here. So uh, we'll just hop right into the questions, and we'll uh, go over what we think about them. So uh, let's start it off with uh, a question that we talk about a lot on the podcast, and I'm sure everyone wants to hear about. Will the Cavs make the finals? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll guess first. You go ahead. Me? Yeah. Uh, yes. The Cavs are going to the finals. You don't, you don't think they're going to be beaten this year? No. I can't see... Uh... Who's gonna Who's gonna beat them? What about Toronto? Uh, <laughs> I I don't think that's gonna happen, Kyle. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> right, no, I, I'm I'm with I'm with Jack. I think the Cavs just have too much going for them. They've got some momentum with their new roster. LeBron, like we've talked about before, LeBron's re-energized. He's got new guys. He's got a younger, more athletic team. And look, the Cavs have always been favorites to make the finals. They just went through a stretch before the the deadline. And they were looking really bad, mind you. But, look, I think they're back. I don't think Boston's ready to beat them. We've talked about that before. Toronto's going to give them a really good a really good series, maybe six or seven games. But but I do think LeBron and, and company are going to come out on top. I do. Yeah, I guess I'll round it out and make it a sweep for the Cavs. Uh, I definitely, as I spoke <laughs> about uh, in past episodes, obviously this is the year, the best chance Toronto's ever had to make it pass. But now I think the Cavs... It's pretty much like a meal ticket for LeBron, the Eastern Conference playoffs at this point. Like, it's a one-way ticket to the finals every year, and maybe this will be his last year that he makes it in the East, but he's, it definitely, uh, he's, he'll definitely make it this year. And, and that's not to take away from Toronto. Like I, like, like you said, like Toronto is a really, really good team. They've continued to win all season. And look, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if they do end up coming out of the East and beating the Cavs in six or seven. But I just think if I'm putting my money down on a team, I'm always going to put it with LeBron and the Cavs. You know, they just happen to be the team with that guy on it. So that's that's what I'm going for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let, let's stick on the Cavs, actually. There was another question from uh, Wave Clutch. Uh, can the Cavs uh, end up with Bagley, Bagley the third? Yeah, if it really depends where that pick falls, but... Uh... It's it really who it's really who they believe will fit their system the best. Who they need, they'll they won't. Uh, they'll pick. They might not necessarily pick the, the the top player at that position, like that. Uh, at their pick, but they'll pick someone who fits what they need better than uh, than that. I think. Yeah, one thing that's interesting is is uh, like. We won't know if LeBron is staying or not, like at the time of the draft. But we'll probably have a pretty good idea, like. You know, if the Cavs get swept by the Warriors or, or, you know, like, we'll have a pretty good idea, I think, of of what LeBron is thinking and what LeBron might be leaning towards doing. So I think that's also going to play a big part into into who they draft is, like, if they're going to try and go out and get another LeBron James, another star player that could, you know, develop into a superstar, they might do that. But if if they think, if they have a hunch that LeBron's going to stay, they might try and find somebody that might be able to come in right away and help them. So, I mean... You know, like Jack said, it's all about where that Brooklyn pick lands. You know, Bagley's missed a few games, and, and you know, he's back now, but he's not going to be a top three pick. You know, a lot of mock, mock drafts have him going, you know, four through six, four through seven range. So, I mean, like Jack said, it's all about where that Brooklyn pick lands. You know, 
that, that's what it's going to come down to in, in, at the end of the day. And another thing too, uh, with with the it also lands it depends on where the uh, the pick lands itself. Um, as you guys were saying, uh, two months ago it was looking like the the pick wasn't as valuable as everyone kind of put it out to be, but. The uh, Nets, they've lost eight or nine straight. They're, I think they're 13th or 14th in the East now. So uh, if, if things keep playing the way they end up doing, um, the Cavs might end up finding themselves with the 1-3 through pick. Uh, do you guys think yeah. if they land the 1-3 through pick, they, they do pick Bagley higher than expected? Uh, I can't see Bagley going that high, honestly, with all the other guys in the draft. I don't think he's. Yeah. I think there's better big men available than him in the, in the well, draft right now. Specifically one DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, uh, I like Ayton. Yeah, he's... Uh, this this is one of those drafts we've kind of been along with last year's this year's and maybe even next year's there are some really solid uh picks in this draft really deep drafts so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure yep um the next question uh what do you guys think of devin booker and the uh the suns overall uh well i'm a big devin booker fan um Phoenix isn't doing so great right now. They're still it's still rebuilding, but if they have Devin Booker to build around, I think they're they're going to be in great shape for the future. What do you think is there the things that they need to focus on most to like improve for the future? Um, just need I mean more experience, but that'll that'll come with time. They're going to need uh, someone else in the backcourt with them. I like Ulysses, but he's not going to be uh, your starting point guard on a, a great basketball team and. Uh, yeah, I would say. Do you think the guys that they have now, like Chris uh, Bender, do you think they can develop in anything? Um. Yeah, I like Chris Bender's all right, but they 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 will need to add some more uh, some more depth at the the big <coughs> the big positions. I think. Yeah. What do you about you, Chris? No, I think you know I'm I'm with Jack here. I think like they have a long way to go. Um, they're definitely going to need a lot more than Devin Booker to to become a playoff team or, you know, a team that wants to, to go deep in the playoffs or even for a championship, they've got a long way to go. They need a lot more talent than what they have. And, and you know, I always wonder, you know, Booker's only been in the league for a couple of years, and, you know, we, we see what he's doing now. Like, dude can put up 70, like, Before going out and getting 30 every night, right? Drink, yeah. <laughs> but, so, but I always wonder, like, you know, if Phoenix doesn't get any better, you know, a couple more years go, go by, you know, is Booker a guy that you see leaving and going to – you know, not a super team, but, you know, is Booker a guy that you can see going to another team where he's got a better chance of winning, where he's going to be joining other stars uh, and, you know, being on a, a place, being in a place where he can win and, you know, win playoff games and series? Uh, there's, um, I was watching a video a while back, and this is, this is like about a year ago when Booker was starting to build up the hype. And Booker's been like, he said, like, he wanted, he's always wanted to be a guy that ha- has stayed with one team for his whole career. And yeah. he seems to like it in Phoenix. He doesn't. There doesn't seem to be much turmoil between him and the franchise. I think he kind of gets uh, where they're at now. And a lot of a lot of things that people got to realize too. Devin Booker's only twenty one years old. Uh, they're yeah. not. They're not in any rush to like. It's not like they're wasting away his years. It's not like he's gonna. He's twenty nine, turning thirty, with still no chance of it. This guy's <laughs> got plenty of time to develop. The franchise has got plenty of time to find the pieces for it. And I think. I, I don't think there's. I don't really think there's a rush at this point. Yeah, I, I think Booker's just he's he's pretty happy chilling right now, just putting up numbers <laughs> on a bad team, uh, <laughs> waiting waiting for his time in a couple of years. Yeah, do you, do you think he's ever going to score seventy again? Oh, I don't know. That's not many people have done that one time. So if he could do that again, it'd be it'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think like this is a guy who's younger than a lot of people, like uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Like he's just twenty one. And the fact that he's already got the scoring capability just blows me away. 
I know he's put up 25. He's literally averaging 25 a night as a, as a 21 year old, yeah, and we've seen that before. But like, that's rare. That's yeah, that's really rare. What what what's your guys? Uh, what do you think his ceiling is? Oh man, I think, you know, I I don't know. Like, in terms of like individually, I think he could be a guy that puts up you know, 30 or you know, 28 through 30. Like you know, a Kevin Durant has to score not. You know, he's not going to score in the ways Kevin Durant does, but, you know, a guy that can put up 28 to 30 every single night. And, and you know, in terms of his, his team winning, like, you know, I could see him maybe being, like, the second best player on a championship team, second or third best player on a championship team. I don't think he's – I mean, again, he's still very, very young. He's got a long way to go and develop, and he could turn into something that we haven't seen coming. But, you know, from what we see now, like, I, I think, like, he's going to be a really, really nice complimentary star. Um to kind of an alpha alpha player like you know like a Russell Westbrook or, or like a, a Kevin Durant or LeBron James if he was ten years younger or you know just one of those alpha players. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the uh, I think the ceiling is limitless for him. Honestly, he's got so much potential, and uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Devin Booker uh, throughout throughout the next uh, fifteen years of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on from uh, from that. Uh, let's talk about uh, there was this a question that someone asked. Um, why do the Pelicans not use AD as a post-up guy more? Yeah, uh, I, w- I wasn't too uh, <laughs> too high on that question. Looking at the numbers that Anthony Davis isn't putting up while not being a, a primary post option, <laughs> put up he's had forty at least forty three of his last four games all wins. Um, I don't know. He he's just so talented. He can't just stick him in the post. Like you got to let him. Do his thing. He can do. He can do anything on the basketball court. So, yeah, I you think, can't just you can't just stick um, him in one spot. Yeah, I think there's the the way the league has kind of developed. You know, part of it is is in due part to Steph Curry and his kind of shooting ways. And you know, I was completely re-transformed the league. But I mean, like those guys just aren't as. I, I mean, there's definitely a place um, for a post for a post up guy on a team. But if you look at a guy like. Uh, like Ennis Cantor or something, you know, he comes comes off the bench, you know, and now he's in New York. But I mean, when he was in OKC, he came off the bench uh, and, and he was able to feast on second units because he was just so dominant in the post. But I mean, I, in terms of starting, like if you look around the league, there's really not that many big men who are just dominant post-up guys who are able to just, you know, catch the ball on the block and go to work. Like there's, there's obviously a time and place for those plays, but... The way the league is now, it's just all about spacing. It's all about even your pigment, your four and your five guys have to be able to hit a hit a mid range shot, and, and now even a three pointer. And Kyle, you said before we started, Davis is hitting you know two or three three pointers every single night, and he's doing it efficiently. So that just shows you the way the league is, what the league has become. If you're a big man, you're not on the floor if you can't hit a jump shot, you know, or, or a three point shot. So I mean, I think it's just the way the league has kind of changed over the last five ten years. That's what I think it comes down comes down to. And that's another thing too is like uh, it, it was just something that Steve Kerr was quoted saying uh, a, a few months ago. Um, it was whenever Jordan Bell was getting a lot of playing time and Zaza was injured and whatnot. Um, he pretty much said like I'm not I'm not going to be able to play Jordan Bell if he doesn't he doesn't have a, he's not comfortable with taking the shot because that's basically yeah. where the league's at now. And uh, if if you're a big man and you're not capable or even comfortable with shooting a mid range jumper, there's there's not really a spot for you. And I think like when was the last time there was a center that would dominate a big man that completely dominated post only. Like the, from my recent memory, the only thing I can think of is Dwight Howard. Yeah, Dwight. I was just last. gonna say Dwight Howard, and even yeah. that guy hasn't been 
the dominant Dwight Howard in, in you know almost ten years. So yeah. like, yeah, no, that's a that's a really good a really good example. You know, with Jordan Bell, and, and it, that's what it just comes down to. Like, if you, you're not going to be on the floor. There's not going to be much playing time for you if if you can't kind of develop yourself a, a jump shot and a, and a comfortable one and one that coaches can rely on. Yeah, and and J- there was something Jack and I were talking about um, the other day. Uh, we the question was just kind of thrown around. If you were to choose a franchise mm-hmm. player, like who you wanted to draft first overall, point Jack made was why not Carl Anthony Towns? Like he he's doing it all already, and he's that he's literally the the perfect center in today's NBA. Yeah, yeah, how old yeah is he he's like, a 20, great fit. Yeah. He's going to be a dominant player for a long time. What did he average? He averaged. Uh... He averaged twenty six and twelve last year. It's like yeah. I don't even. He His might have been just twenty. Like that. That's insane to think about. And this is a guy who his his shot is there. He's a dom in the paint. He can rebound perfectly. And working with Tibbs, it's not as dominant as it can be. But his defensive game has always been a liability. But it's something that's definitely being improved. And if he can become uh, two, uh, a player that's capable of a two time, three time all defense, like you're not talking just about a best player on a team. You're you're top potentially talking about the best player in the league at this time yeah uh there's just uh, there's just so much so much uh promise for the nba centers and it's showing like that's where a lot of going if you can if you're a center and you can't shoot a three you're it's going to be a a tough time to find a place in the league uh moving on from to the next question um who do you guys think is the most overhyped player in the 2018 nba draft uh Chris, you, you go ahead first on this one. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call him overhyped, but we look at Trey Young, and I, I, he's obviously a phenomenal player, and I do not want to call him overhyped. I don't want to give that that notion. But he's people are comparing him to Steph Curry. He's putting up 40 points every other night, you know, triple doubles and, you know, shooting six for nine from three. And, and it whenever I see those numbers from him, I always wonder – and it's just something that I think a lot of people think about with all college players is whether or not that's going to transfer to the NBA. And, you know, when I look at Trey Young, like he has like real scoring moves, like he's able to score in just about any way you need him to. But it always comes back to that question. Like, is this, are these guys skills, you know, are they going to transfer to the NBA and is he going to be able to be a successful NBA player? You know, is he going to be as much of a star in the NBA as he, as he is in college right now? And you know that's why Trey Young isn't the isn't the number one mock draft pick because th- th- like there's there's other players that are more ready mm-hmm. um, to come in and contribute to an NBA team now. And you know I'm not gonna call Trey Young overhyped, but I just wonder if, if his skills and you know his scoring ability and, and his his talent is gonna transfer to the NBA. Yeah, like for Trey Young too, in college basketball especially, it's all about the like how how much opportunity your coach will give you, and. Yeah. At Oklahoma, he he can do whatever he like. He he has free reign to do whatever he wants out there. So, but yeah. if he was at another school at like uh, Kentucky, like there would be there wouldn't be any of this. Uh, wouldn't be nearly as much Trey Young hype because he'd be he'd be in a system with with other guys. So that's that's yeah, something that's else to point. keep in mind too. But yeah, the two that what do you I think, Kyle. Oh no! Yeah. What are the two that you it, think? Like it would just be Trey Young for that reason, just because he's had so much oper- like free reign to do whatever he wants at Oklahoma. Yeah. And then uh, Luca Luca Doncic from uh, overseas, just because I haven't seen too much of him. But uh, everyone's really high on him, which is which is kind of concerning. That's what that's what concerns me about him. Everyone says he's so good. Can he, is he really that good? 
Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with uh, both picks uh, with what Jack said for kind of completely different reasons. Um, the tra- the Trey Young I find as he said was uh, uh, like you said with Oklahoma, he's the one. He like he just taken. He's allowed to take twenty to twenty five shots a game. He's able to do whatever he wants. Um, I don't think over. Here's the thing. I I feel like overrated is such a touchy word because people when people think overrated, they think oh well he's bad, and it it, it really doesn't always come down to that. Whereas I think, I think Trey Young has the capability to be a very good player in the NBA, um, and a lot of people are are kind of bringing up how Jimmer Fredette and Buddy Heald, kind of guys like those who were so dominant at scoring. Uh, the one thing that Trey Young kind of has going for him, whereas if he can't, if he isn't capable of putting up these types of numbers in the NBA, uh, he's also got crazy good passing abilities. So he he'll, yeah. he'll be able to find a way to impact the game in a way where Jimmer for dead and Buddy Heald couldn't. Because like as I said, those those are guys that were known for just putting up monster scoring numbers, whereas Trey Young can kind of do it all on offense. Um, so I I can kind of see why he's overhyped because like I said I, I people call him the next Steph Curry like you gotta re- this is a that's not even fair to him to say like he had a couple good games and... yeah like it, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous to say like you're 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 comparing to like the greatest shooter of all time and this kid hasn't yeah. even stepped a foot on the NBA court uh, another yeah. thing with uh, Luka Doncic um, I've watched a couple games uh, from through streams and whatnot and don't get me wrong he's a really solid player. Um, I don't, but then another thing that comes with the um, a lot of uh, overhype is there's some scouts out there that are saying this guy is the best draft pick in this draft, and it's not even close. And it's like, how can you how can you compare them to all these other guys when he's playing completely different competition levels? And I think with a lot of the problems that were with mock drafts and stuff like that is the NBA is such a completely different game than all other aspects. And I find yeah. there's a lot of times where you see players, big name players, uh, that just don't live up to the hype because it's just a completely different style of game. It's just so much faster. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, it's it's a completely different thing. Like, it the NBA is just so much faster. The pace is is ridiculous, and it's just not for everyone. Like, there's only the a select few world, players too. that come through the draft and are able to contribute to teams and develop into nice players in the NBA. Yeah, and well. Just to talk about the pace, I, I saw, uh, I think it was Woj, he tweeted out, or it was one of the ESPN guys, the seven-second the seven second run-and-gun Suns back in the 2000s, they would rank 25th in today's NBA pace. Like, yeah. that, that just shows how much the league has adapted and how quicker it's become. And it's just crazy to see like how much change has happened over the 10-year span of the NBA. So we got all. That's what it is for the most overhyped. You guys agree with Trey Young and Luca? Yeah. yeah. Again, like I don't think he's, he, it's overhyped. I just it's concerning the comparisons that he's yeah. getting, and I just wonder whether or not he's going to be be able to do that in the NBA. That that's all it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, this, this is kind of a fun one. Uh, just to have a nice little discussion. Who do you guys think is the uh, the best dunker of all time? Oh, that's a good question. Um. There's a difference between like the like the dunk contest kind of dunks and then in-game dunkers, so there might be like kind of two different answers. Right, l- to this let's one. go with that. L- let's go with the best the best flashy dunker, like the uh, the dunk contest dunk, and the best in-game dunker. Mm. So it's it's, a, it's actually a pretty good question. Like there's there's a lot of options. Yeah. For me, like when I think about dunking, I think about 
you know, growing up watching basketball highlights, and, and I just think about Vince Carter, man. Like that's what it is for me. That that's my answer. Point blank, period. <laughs> it's Vince Carter. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to go against uh, Vince it, Carter on this one. Yeah, but that and that's another thing too. Um, so is Vince Carter your option for both? Um. I don't know. Like uh, he might be for both, honestly. I think, it, like yeah. for me, it's just it's all it's all the same. Like I mean, like I get it. Like there's there's definitely like a difference. You know, there's a completely different outlook on dunk contest dunking and and you know in game dunking. But no, that that's what I think about. I just think about Vince Carter and, and you know growing up watching, you know even both like dunk contest highlights and in game highlights. Like that that guy was a monster. That dude got up. Vince Carter literally jumped over another human being in the Olympics, but in game too, that wasn't even like a dunk contest. Like that, yeah, Mitchell, that's a great where example. Ke- where, where he asked Kevin Hart to lean down and he dunked over. No, this guy literally jumped over a human being in game. It's like a seven footer. Yeah, like a seven foot. Like this, this, like this, I can't even fathom like how you were able to do something like that. Yeah, Giannis did that recently though. No he one, did. no one made a big, a, too big a deal about it. But he, he literally jumped over another yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. and everyone was like, ah, it's Giannis. I, it, it's Giannis. He's like the longest anything, and he can do whatever. But no, and that's I think it. I think I might have to go Vince Carter for both. Yeah. It's it's yeah. tough to go against VC man. Like he's had the best. yeah. I think there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people that would agree with with Vince Carter. Like just and not only like how he is as a dunker, but he's completely like transformed. Like what it is to dunk in the dunk. Like you see people doing Vince Carter tributes. Yeah. In today's dunk, Donovan Mitchell right? was a poor man's Vince Carter. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it first. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. That's how much impact he had on not only the sport of basketball, but dunking as you know, as an individual skill. Like, because it's it's hard, like to be able to get up that high and, and finish at the rim, especially in game. Like that that's hard, and, and there's a reason. Like, not everyone can do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just the way he's impacted the whole like dunk contest culture, like. You look at some of those dunks, like, you know, the elbow dunk and, like, you know, the one Mitchell did this tribute for. Like, those are some of the best dunks of all time, and, and no, that's not ever going to change. Like, I just think the way he's the way he's impacted the sport, you know, with with his with his hops, I, I I don't even think it's a question. It's not even a question for me. Yeah. Um. All right, just, a, like, a bonus question. Uh, what, what's your guys' uh, favorite dunk ever? From the dunk contest, favorite dunk let, let, ever. let's say favorite dunk in a game, favorite dunk in a dunk oh. contest. My favorite dunk in a game, I would say, was when LeBron murdered Jason Terry on the basketball <laughs> court. Oh no! The Norris Cole just lobbed it up, assisted suicide, and just what? oh, you just need him in the head and <laughs> stood over him. And, and like this is like the, the the scary thing is that LeBron's like thirty three, and I'm sure he could probably do that same thing still. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, dude. I think my favorite in game one was just kind of like it was so monumental. Um, was the uh, when uh, Dwayne Wade lobbed it to LeBron like between his legs, oh, and, and that picture was taken with LeBron going up and Dwayne Wade looking at the camera like, oh, that that stuff gives me goosebumps. Yeah, it is one of the greatest pictures. No, that's one of the yeah. most like iconic things ever. Yeah. What about you, Chris? For me, my in game dunk is probably I don't know like. There's one that I'm thinking of right now, and it was I'm an OKC guy, so like I think it was like 2011 or 2012. 
It was Westbrook and Durant. It was a two-on-one fast break. Westbrook threw up, like, the worst alley-oop pass I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it was an ugly pass, way out of out of where it was supposed to be. But Durant is just so long and so tall. So he went up and got it. And it, it just made for one of, like, the most, like, emphatic dunks that I've ever seen in-game. Um, you know, for a dunk contest dunk, it, it's the Vince Carter elbow dunk. Again, it's not even close. Um, not close. Um... I think for me, uh, like this is gonna be like some kind of take you off guard, but um, it was it was the the dunk contest that Dwight Howard was in mm-hmm. when he uh, he volleyball spiked it to himself off the backboard with one hand, then caught it with the other and just slammed it down with that force. Like oh, it was just so crazy oh, to see, and like like the atmosphere of that dunk contest. It was it was it was unbeatable. It was just so crazy, and just everything yeah. added to it to make it as great as it was. Yeah. That's why that's kind of like I mean me and Kyle have talked about it before, but that's just one thing that the dunk contest is missing now. Like we just don't have those superstars with those profiles anymore. Like those guys don't come to the dunk contest. Like, like even five years ago, like you had Blake Griffin's in the dunk contest, you had Boy Howard's in the dunk contest. We never had you don't LeBron have that though. anymore. Like what's that? I said we never had LeBron though. Yeah, I know, man. Only if. But the dunk contest that uh, Levine and and Aaron Gordon gave us though that was I think oh. that might be the yeah that's true that is one of the best ones we were spoiled with that man like seeing those guys just go at it with like crazy dunk after crazy dunk it it was insane it was it was such a fun one I think I saw something eleven of their twelve dunks that dunk contest got a perfect score of fifty <laughs> and that that's that's nuts that's absolutely insane and um, it was a shame that neither of them were in the dunk contest this year because. I think that's what the dunk contest is lacking a lot nowadays. Is the, there's just not the like the firepower in it anymore? I mean, like, yeah, who, and who that combined with year? like, like we had Glenn Robinson the third. <laughs> I was trying to think of one of yeah. those. Old Glenn Robinson. <laughs> old, old Glenn everyone's Robinson. everyone's favorite pacer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just I, and I think it's I think naturally with it, it's just harder to be original. Like there's just you know we're eventually gonna run out of ideas. There's only so much you could do with a ball and a net. Like. Yeah, I think you know there's just no more creativity in it anymore. Like, the, I mean, we saw it. Like Nance is out here doing like that tributes to his dad, and like those are the things that make it interesting. Like you know Vince Carter tributes that makes it interesting. It's not the dunks itself; it's like the circumstance surrounding it, and and like the things that are leading up to the dunk, and, and that's what makes it interesting. Whereas twenty years ago, it was the dunk in the dunk. Like that was that was what made it special was the dunk itself. But now when we don't have we just don't have the level of creativity they had back then because everything's been done before. So, I mean, it, it's just changed so much since, you know, Vince Carter and Spud Webb and guys like that. Yeah, I well, I, I don't know if you guys saw the footage of Oladipo before the dunk contest. He did a dunk. There was a video. I didn't even, I can't even. <coughs> oh, the 360? Yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah. I wish he, I wish he would have brought that one. And that, that's another thing too. That's what a lot of people have wrong with the think that's wrong with the conversation or the, uh, the competition these days. Is like that was probably going to be Oladipo's final dunk, but he never yeah. even made it. So we ne- we were robbed of seeing that in the dunk contest, and I think I think the format needs to change. Um, yeah. I, I don't really like the four. I think the the judges' uh, criteria should be that you have dunked a basketball. No more no more DJ Khaled. No, I agree. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. You got Mark Wahlberg and DJ Khaled up there. No, I, I agree with Jack on that one. You need there needs to be and, and look, that's part of it. Like. I, I just don't think the NBA is taking the dunk contest seriously anymore. Yeah. Like, if the NBA wanted to give us a good product, 
you know, a good dunk contest, they'd have guys like, you know, Julius Irvings and Spud Webbs and Clyde Drexler. Like, they'd have guys out there that's mm-hmm. that have done it before. Like, I don't think, you know, DJ Khaled and, and them and Mark Wahlberg, you know, they might understand the sport, but they just don't get it, get what it takes to, to, do, to do a dunk like that. Like, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that they're doing and some of the stuff we've seen in the past. So, you know, I 100% agree with Jack. They got to get some 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 actual dunkers out there on the on the scoring table yeah yeah all right well that's all the questions that we had for uh today um that that i had a lot of fun i don't know about you guys but uh it's definitely something we'll be um we'll be looking to more in the future as uh as we go on um so yeah once again if you if there was um any questions while listening that you t- had that you wanted to ask us just leave a comment on our amino page and like i said this will definitely be one of many uh q a sessions we'll be having especially when the summer rolls around when things start to slow down it'll definitely be something to keep up the conversation um and make sure to always comment on the stuff as well we love we love having conversations with you guys as well um so if you guys unless you guys have anything else uh, i'm ready to ho- jump into the hot take if you guys are sure who my All favorite right. part let's get into <laughs> it first hot take yeah J- jack's ever first hot take First ever hockey. Oh. All right. Um, Orlando at Philadelphia. Philly. Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. Philly. And not because of Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is going to drop like 38, yeah, 9, and 12 again. Bro, did you see his line the other night? 32, 11, and 7? Yeah. He's a, he's a, no, no, man. It was like 32, 10, and 14 or something. It was, nah. I thought he had a triple double. Nah, I didn't. It was like, I think it was like 32. Are we talking about the game that were hit and beat at thirty as well? Yeah. No, man. There was de- he definitely had a triple double. I don't, I don't think he did. No, man. He, I, I pro- I'm going to look this up right now. We're we're, we're pausing the hot take because I up. I know this guy that I know we had a triple double. There's a right and a wrong, and Kyle needs to know. There, I I just uh, he, didn't. he did not. He had seven. Yeah, That's my know. bad. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, Memphis at Miami. Miami. That's some blockbuster basketball there. How about you, Chris? Miami. Dragic um, going for 42. Yeah, That's my uh, hot take. Miami. Um, Boston at New York. Awesome play last night. Um, I'll, I'll take Boston. I'm going to take, take Boston, Boston because New York is hot trash. Uh, I'm going to go to New York tonight. Oh, okay. Well, who's going to be their top scorer? Beasley's going off for 40? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, Beasley. Yeah, Beasley. <laughs> boy Beasley. He died. You had to think about it for a second. He wasn't sure. I didn't think, who is their best player? <laughs> well, well, Since Porzingis is here. Um, oh, big one, big one. Oh, OKC at Golden State. Oh, man. Here's my, here's my prediction. I, I think either OKC wins in a close overtime game, like 118 to 114, or Golden State blows them out of the gym. Like one twenty one to like eighty nine or something stupid. Like those are my those are my two outcomes. I, I'm personally leaning towards the Golden State blow, and I think Golden State. It, it, there's no way I don't think Golden State's losing three games to a thirty four and twenty six OKC team. I think they blow them out tonight. Yeah, I think um, I I, I could see Durant having like forty points, um, and then like Steph having twenty eight, and like I, I think they're gonna really come to play. I think uh, the embarrassment they took. Against OKC at Oracle last time, I think they really they're out for blood this time. And Golden State done that's the thing. Around. Golden State has to come out and play. They can't <laughs> afford to 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 lose to OKC three times, especially with the first two being blow. It's like Golden State doesn't have a choice. They have to come out and and play yeah, hard they, tonight. They got to keep up with the Rockets in the standings too. Can't fall. That's true. Down. That's another thing. They're playing for first seed. Like yeah. that could be big. I'll take. Uh, I'm going to take Golden State in that game too. Yeah. Um. All right. Chicago at Minnesota. 
Oh, Jimmy Butler's out. I don't know. It was like uh, a buddy report said um, it's negative and for, uh, they'll know more on Friday. And it's like after seeing this tweet, Tom Thibodeau has officially announced that Jimmy <laughs> Butler will be starting the game and play 40 plus minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Look, does anyone else like think about Thibodeau? Like, would you see Because it was a non contact injury. So, like, does anyone else, like, I didn't see the play, I didn't watch it, but, like, does anyone else think that Thibodeau is, like, not responsible, but, like, he's got to have, like, something to do with the guy suffering from a non-contact injury. He has to be. Yeah. He plays, him he plays like, 48,000 minutes a night. Like, It's confirmed. Tom, Tom Thibodeau is the reason for Derrick Rose's demise. Jimmy Butler finally got He has to be. Like, <laughs> there's no way. There's no connect. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Tom Thibodeau, he's got to get fired. Um, Portland. I, I got Minnesota tonight. Oh, oh, oh no! I'm gonna go with Minnesota. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Minnesota. Thibodeau finally lets Carl Anthony Towns shoot more than ten shots a game. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, uh, he's probably also gonna have to play like forty-seven minutes too. Yeah. Um, Portland yeah. to Phoenix. God. I'm gonna Walker go. Por- I'm gonna go. Question mark. I'm gonna go Portland with this one, just because Portland always wins games like this. Against the worst Portland's team in the NBA. No, it, it's not like... <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But, like, you always see, like... You see teams like um, OKC losing games that they should. But, like, Portland can keep up with these teams because they just win the games that they have to. And then they get a couple upsets. And then you always see them, like, 6-8 to eight through the through the West to make the playoffs. So, Portland are my pick. And McCollum, McCollum and Lillard are going to combine for 72 points. Jeez. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I'll take uh, Portland in that game as well. I'll take I'll take Portland. I'm going with Portland. But Booker's dropping seventy though. Don't get me. Oh, of course. I got to forget about that. Uh, Dallas at Utah. Oh, Utah. Utah. Utah lost Mitchell, rookie of the year. I don't care. Okay, relax. <laughs> Dude, Jack, we we need Jack. Give me a thirty second rookie of the year take. I want to hear it. Uh who, who do you think's gonna spot. win rookie here? And who do you want? I'm really, I'm really, I'm really team Ben Simmons, honestly. But oh, no. but uh, Mitchell can he he's not far behind, so he can he can put a push on I, I the think, second half. Yeah, especially can, with Utah winning this much, yeah. I got Utah tonight. Mitchell's going for twenty four. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a very average I'll take game. I'm gonna take Dallas. I feel like this is gonna be like the game that JJ Barea finally uh, proves himself to Mark Cuban. Um, <laughs> quick, quick, like side note: Did you hear that Cuban might have to sell the Mavs? Yeah, there's a lot of. Dude, the Mavericks are not in good shape. Yeah, that's a six hundred thousand dollar fine. He's got all this stuff coming out about his organizational culture and sexual harassment and all this stuff. But be, like, look, it's not it's not a good day to to work for the Mavs. That guy's a big saying. dumb idiot. He always has been. Um, <laughs> it's calling you out, Mark Cuban. Yeah, come at me, Mark Cuban. Um, LA Adam. for the final game: Lakers at Sacramento. Lakers, uh, triple double Lonzo. <laughs> there you go. Okay, uh, I'm okay with that take. Lakers win. Chris, you don't understand. Jack is the biggest big BBB fan I've ever met in my life. BBB. <laughs> Oh, we need to have a we need to have a big baller special with Jack. I would love to be a part oh of that. Oh my god! Don't don't talk about it. It, it. It'll literally be forty five minutes of him just talking about the greatness of the right. ball. <laughs> that would make for entertainment though. Uh, oh, no, I, I got Lakers Lakers tonight. Um, I'm gonna take Sacramento. Zebo's gonna continue his tear and drop thirty six. 
<laughs> he had a, is, is he going he, off lately or something? I didn't know Zebo was on a tear. He had seven threes against OKC. Oh, wow. Yeah, this guy is, he's Monai. Um, all right, let's do Bucket Getter of the Night. All right. Is there another game? Yeah, no, that's it. All right, all right you, 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 you go night. first, Jack. I want to hear your first ever Bucket Getter of the Night. Uh, so I, I say, Who, how, how many points are going to score, too? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Lillard is going to score 44 on. Ooh, oh, that's like a dark that. horse pick. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. All right, Kyle, you're up. I think Durant's going to score 41 points. He's my back um, again of the night. I'm going Paul George 43 in a loss, in a blowout loss. Well, Paul George loves those nationally televised games. Oh, he loves them. He goes. He's always going off. All right, well, that's all that we have for today's episode. Thanks again for listening, and special thanks to Jack for joining uh, us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no worries. Me. Always a pleasure, and uh, we'll, we'll for, sure, for sure get you on for that big baller special. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, well, thanks again, guys, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.